hopefully this thing works. I mean, hire someone. It was originally 1099, now a W-2, and it's pretty much the trajectory in our company. And I'm like, all right. And she very much helped document the process to teach it to the second person and who taught it to the third person. And, you know, as I mentioned, like seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 people later, you know, things are pretty squeaky uh, clean and, and, and systematic and, and, and pretty cool because everyone has really perfected it in their own way, but documented it along the way. So that, that's been tremendous utilizing the staff. Welcome to the Building to Scale podcast, where we bring real entrepreneur stories that showcase the challenges and successes in building and scaling an entrepreneurial business. Our host, Jeff Chastain, has a long entrepreneurial history himself, having started and run multiple businesses. Today, he is the founder and CEO of Admentis, where he uses the entrepreneurial operating system to bring clarity to business leaders and provide the foundation they need to successfully scale their business. We believe that some of the best sources of information and experience for growing a successful business are our entrepreneurial peers. Stick around until the end of the show, and we will reveal how you can become our next guest on the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Jeff Chastain here with the Building to Scale podcast again, where I get the opportunity to speak with entrepreneurial business leaders and influencers, hearing their stories of both challenges and successes as they've grown and scaled their business. So, Today's guest with me here is Vikram Rajan with uh, Practice Marketing, and he's got several different things going underneath that, that brand here, kind of the, the serial entrepreneur type. But Vikram, uh, first off, thank you and welcome to the show. And then I'd like to get you to paint a little bit better picture, a little bit clearer picture here, because I know I didn't do, do justice to that. <laughs> Thanks, so. Jeff. What do you want to know? Well, tell us a little bit more about what Practice Marketing is. And I know you've sure. got video social and phone bloggers both here. So how does all this fit together? And sure. what, what do you got going on these days? Sure, sure. Well, Practice Makes Perfect. And our kind of clients, they are constantly practicing until they get perfect. And so we, we work with law practices, accounting practices, coaching and, and consultants. Um, and they need to stay top of mind with their referral relationships. That's how they get their business. And so that can be current clients, past clients, strategic alliances, networking colleagues, and for them to stay top of mind, they have to push out content, be it on their website, their blogs, through search engines, but very often more importantly, through their social media platforms, through their email newsletter. And our type of clients are pretty busy. They are solo, small partner, boutique firms. And so for them to sit down and actually write an article uh, and then to rinse and repeat and do it over and over again, they don't have that kind of time, attention, focus. They also have client work to handle. So at Phone Blogger, we interview them over the telephone. They talk about a topic for five or six minutes. We audio record that, transcribe that into text, and finish it up into an article that is their personality. So it's their words and their expertise. We just make sure it's within their compliance and other type of disclaimers, like attorney advertising rules and all that. With their permission, we then publish it on their blog site, on their social media, their email newsletters. Uh, but I'm sure you've noticed, Jeff, that the world of the internet and internet marketing has become very video centric and all these platforms from Google to LinkedIn, they now their algorithms prioritize video, which means they push up video posts, consequently pushing down the written articles. And so February of 2019, we started another service called Video Socials, which is a fun community, very similar to phone blogger, very similar type of clients, your boutique, solo partner, lawyers, accountants, coaches, consultants, uh, but we come together on a Zoom call, about seven or eight of us, in about 45 minutes, we each take a turn to record a video blog, 
and then get feedback from one of our peers of what we did well, what we could have done differently, uh, what was memorable, who do I know that I could share your video with. And then as a presenter, I then give that same type of feedback to the next presenter who gives it to the following presenter. And so it goes around table. And that's part one of video socials. And then we developed automation software to brand the video with a headline and caption subtitles. And we're programming partners with YouTube and Facebook Live and LinkedIn. So they're able to push the right button and get their videos posted, bringing them back top of mind with their referral relationships and potential clients. And they can go back to their library and repost repeatedly really easily. And our members get to know one another really well. So we're not really a networking group, but the networking comes as a nice byproduct where our members are inevitably liking and sharing each other's videos really out of friendship and professional relationship and you know it's kind of that the more you share others the more others will share you that kind of golden rule of networking and everyone benefits from that multiplier effect you know when i share your video jeff obviously it's great for you you bring top of mind to my circle of influence but i benefit from your video i come top of mind to my circle because of you and linkedin and facebook and all these platforms they prioritize video posts as i mentioned but they even more so prioritize it when you share somebody else's content. That's the interconnectedness of social media. And so that's video socials in a nutshell. It's all under the practice marketing umbrella, uh, but phone blogger, written content, video socials, video on socials. Video yeah, blogging yeah. together. Makes sense. So yeah, it's even just the, the podcasting platform here. It's like everything used yeah. to be audio and we're starting to right. see more and more of those turn to video like this. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a push both. towards video. Yeah, it's a waterfall effect, right? You get this video and now you can turn it into a, an audio podcast. Uh, and then for our type of members, they're able to push a button and Alexa transcribes their video into a written article. So for us, it's like full circle. They go from video to back to kind of phone blogging at a push of a button now that you know Alexa can automate things. Yeah, no, it's seeing a lot of those technologies. That's 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 yeah. cool amount of automation and stuff we're putting into this now these days. It makes it a lot easier because yeah, as being a a small practice and oh yeah, I need to go do marketing. Yeah, I need to go do all this stuff as well. It's just like the amount of time and to a large people the the amount of technology that it takes putting into that kind of stuff is just way over them. It's like yeah, their their lane, their specialty was technology or was was medical or was whatever. It's like I, I'm going to do video blogging. What what <laughs> how in the world am I going to do this? Yeah, we, we're a huge uh, proponent of automation. We're a huge proponent of a compounding of time, like multi-use of time. If you can't delegate, at least you can do two or three things at once or get two or three pieces of content out of the same thing. So it's, you know, you want to be able to uh, uh, get multiple use out of the same 45 minutes. And, and that's how we do it at Video Social. Yeah, it makes sense. So backing up a little bit, kind of yeah. give us a little bit more of your, your story, your entrepreneurial journey. How did you get to where you are today founding this because you're, you're co-founder, at least on this yeah. company. Yeah. Um, so I started off as a solo marketing guy and uh, as a consultant. And, um, you know, I, um, I like it, though I get frustrated where when people don't have the, the, the focus to do what I'm telling them to do, uh, it gets really frustrating and tiresome. And, and, and then, you know, as I say, the bad student blames the teacher. And so it became really frustrating. I said, look, I, got, I, you know, I know I got to get them out of their own way. I just need to push them out of their own way and just get it done for them. Because I, you know, I can't really blame the client. You know, they're busy. They've got their client work to handle. They've got personal family stuff to deal with. So marketing goes on the back burner. And it's that yo-yo effect or feast or famine. And, and you know, I'm sure you know this, Jeff, that marketing is all about consistency. And it's just kind of rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. 
and habit, accountability, discipline, that can be really boring words for a lot of people and people fall into a rut. And so uh, my partner, Mark Bullock, um, you know, when we were growing our consultancy, I became full, my book of business of one-on-one clients got filled up. I ended up helping Mark fill up his calendar. And then I was like, all right, now what? What are we going to do? Are we going to kind of build that pyramid scheme of a, of a traditional firm and hire junior associates and do that kind of thing? Or are we going to find some other value that we can provide for our clients? And that's really what we did with Phone Blogger. We said, well, how can we get these articles written for our clients, but make it so that we can help their personal brand shine, their thought leadership, their subject matter expertise really come out. We're not a huge fan of canned content. You know, sometimes people have to do it because that's their budget. But for our type of clients, you know, they really distinguish themselves to their excellence. And we really want their personality to come through, not just to commoditize expertise. And so the easiest way we had back then, this was about 10 years ago, Jeff, was let's just hop on the phone. Things like Zoom wasn't really there. um, And, and, you know, video wasn't kind of a normal thing. So we said, well, if we can get them on the phone, well, we got their audio, and then we could turn that into a written article. And we can kind of turn that out, lack of a better phrase, but still make it custom and still make it tailored to who they are as people, as professionals. Uh, And that was great. And we have clients around the country and, and and staff around the country. Um, and then, you know, for us, video socials is really just the next step of scaling because now we're a community, we're a software automation, and it's for us, it's just another medium, it's video, but as I said before, video turns into text very easily. And so I went from a solo professional to a partnership with Mark, uh, and, and I enjoy being in partnerships. I enjoy the leverage and the scale that I get from teams, right? having staff, having even 1099 contractors in addition to the W2 staff. Um, And then of course, the software automation is really cool from a scaling perspective. And um, it's it's been a fun ride. It's been a rock and roll, rocky road, and um, and not always rock and roll. Uh, So it's been bumpy up and down, uh, but more up than down. So I'm curious, because honestly, I've been down this path before, been through this path. What were some of the challenges that you kind of ran into of saying, hey, I'm solo entrepreneur, I'm solo consultant here in charge of everything, all the freedom, all the responsibility, both to now being uh, founder, et cetera, with, I think you said 10, 11 something employees and and trying to do business as well as doing just marketing kind of a thing there. Yeah. So the number one thing so I'm not that great at multitasking and, and doing it all. And uh, I'm not great at micromanaging either, which sometimes is a good thing. My staff enjoys probably that I don't micromanage. Um, and so billing became a, a pain in the neck, you know, sending out invoices, collecting, chasing that. As a consultant, I always found awkward because I want to provide value and benefit. It's like, oh, by the way, did you mail that check? Always became just annoying and in the way. And, you know, that could have been head trash of do I deserve it? And, you know, I figured it was just cheaper to pay Stripe and pay emergent services than to pay a therapist. So to pay 2% to Visa and, and not have to deal with whether or not I feel I deserve to get paid. It's like, you know what, uh, let me just get our credit card and uh, I'll deserve to be rich that way. Uh, so from, so I, that's the way I look at it. So getting it on credit card processing was tremendous for me, solved a lot of the building and accounts receivable challenge. Uh, working with Mark has been tremendous. Uh, having a partner and leverage that way where I don't have to do it all has been tremendous. And um, I don't enjoy, as I mentioned, doing it all. So having staff kind of you know, walk behind me and pick up the pieces and make sure everything gets done 
is really important, right? You know, I want to provide value to my clients. I don't want things to fall through the cracks, let alone the fact that they are having marketing endeavors fall through the cracks. I can't add to that problem. So building out that staff has been tremendous. I mean, I remember when we were kind of inventing Phone Blogger, we knew right away that we couldn't do it uh, ourselves in terms of the interviewing process and, and transcribing and editing. I had a full book of business. So Phone Blogger was a side hustle, as we would call it now, a side project. And so it was like, all right, hopefully this thing works. Let me hire someone. It was, it was originally 1099, now a W-2, and it's very much the trajectory in our company. And we're like, all right. And she very much helped document the process to teach it to the second person and who taught it to the third person. And, you know, as I mentioned, like seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 people later, you know, things are pretty squeaky uh, clean and, and, and systematic and, and pretty cool because everyone has really perfected it in their own way, but documented it along the way. So that, that's been tremendous utilizing the staff to document. So, um, it's been tremendous. And now we rely more and more on the marketing technology and, and kind of being more of a MarTech type company has been tremendous. Yeah. Well, I like the the point you're making on on process, especially as you're sitting there growing, because yeah. obviously trying to scale out and grow as you add new people there, you're, you don't want to sit there and reinvent the wheel or basically bring them in and say, hey, yeah, here's your job. Go figure out what it is kind of a thing there. And that's, that's really where I see a lot of especially the smaller businesses kind of fail or, or fail to pick that up. Is it, a, well, how are we document? How do we get into that? How do we deal with processes? Because in some respects, it turns into a, a block with them that they don't even know how necessarily to get started with that or how to how to take that, tackle that on, even if they do realize they need it. Yeah, for me, it's like, all right, like create a checklist for yourself and we can always turn that into a system later. But it's, it, like, all right, what's, you know, what's your to-do list of all the things I need to get done? And then, all right, some things are very unique to this one situation, but 80% of it is going to be standardized, and that's really what we can now repeat. And I've wanted to build a mass customized type business where I know I could scale it. I know I can systematize it. And not everyone has is in that position. Um, either they never thought it through and say they accidentally find themselves, or they don't enjoy the repetition of it all. Um, you know, where, uh, and I know I'm, I tend to be pretty creative. So, you know, something that's repetitive can feel like a rut and, and you know, it, it's, well, we have to find the benefit in that, that something that's repeated can be scaled and, and how can we turn what is essentially a craft in terms of editing written articles, but systematize that at scale. And, you know, it, it's been, it's been fun to kind of figure that out. Uh, and then of course, now we are in the video world, which uh, kind of, lends even more automation. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, since you're obviously coming from the creative background, a lot of times I hear people say, well, if we put in too much of these processes, too much of this system, we're killing the creativity because everybody's just a robot. Okay. Do process A, B, and C. How have you balanced the balance those out? Or have you seen that at all on your side? Yeah. I mean, look, we, we've had that challenge. Um, for us, it's, it's everything doesn't need to be scripted, but there needs to be a framework. So it doesn't need to be literally widget A into B of like, all right, you know, write this sentence this way. But we know there are options. You know, when we're thinking of a title of a blog post as a very literal example, it's like, well, there are best practices. We know, all right, sometimes we want to purposely violate it because the novelty has its own benefit than just following the road. But we know, like we, we know the length of it. We know we don't want a very long sentence. So, and we don't want a very short three word sentence, but all right, maybe it's a seven to 10 words. We know questions do better. We know numerals versus even writing out the numbers do better. So thus dates tend to do better. We know, uh, so we know these options are there 
And so for me, it's kind of thinking of it as kind of a Subway sandwich uh, type of line where they have options. You know, they can create, you know, I don't know what the real number is, but hundreds of different permutations of a sandwich. But here are all the basic ingredients. And now they're from there, they're picking and creating something custom tailored. And so, well, what are the finite number to some extent? And if, if it's not literally exhaustive to be all the exact finite, well, you're like 90% of the way there. And it's like, all right, if you're like 80 to 90% of the way there of systematizing, knowing that you've got 10 to 20% of freedom and flexibility, well, that's a heck of a lot better than like zero. So uh, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just kind of throw up their hands. Oh, it can't be because all custom. It's like, well, that's just not true. Um, you know, they, they, they figured out, you know, if, if rocket scientists and brain surgeons can go through a systematic curriculum, um, then we can go through a systematic curriculum as well. Um, that we can figure it out. And, you know, woodworking if, as a craftsmanship can go through a curriculum. And there's still artistry. So artists can go through a curriculum. And nonetheless, that, that actually gives them more ability to be uh, productive with the creativity and not just random. So yeah. Yeah, frameworks and checklists and it works itself out. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like the way you're saying that because really what, what we'll end up working with or we'll end up working with clients is what we refer to it as the 2080 rule to say document the, the highest 20% of the steps sure. to get you 80% of the way there. Exactly. And, yeah. I, and a lot of times I'll put it like in a, a sales kind of model to say, hey, you don't want to sit there and regiment every detail of your sales staff. You right. say, hey, you've got to make 20 calls today because it may not be their expertise. It might be their right. expertise to go to a networking event or do face-to-face -face coffees or whatever. It's like what you really right. care about as a business owner is the results, yeah. not necessarily right. how you go from step A to B. As long as you can get those high points, the, the requirements to deliver the quality of service right, does it really matter how you get to those steps? And that right. still encourages that kind of creativity that you can bring people in and still allow them to have the creativity. And if nothing else, allow them to show you other ways that, hey, we could improve on this kind of sure. thing. Exactly. Yeah. And we're totally open to that. We want to hear the other options or, you know, what have you thought of? Um, you know, I, again, I think about, uh, again, the artistry of it, that there, there's a, a finite palette of colors, um, basically these seven colors of the rainbow. And yes, there are the, you know, I don't know what it's called, right? When you mix the colors, my four-year-old probably knows what that word is, better the primary colors and they're the complementary colors. Nevertheless, you know, you can mix red and blue and get purple, you know, you can get, uh, uh, what is it, yellow and blue for green. Uh, so you can, you can mix the colors, but it's these seven basic colors, you know, and and it was kind of fascinating that my wife was literally able to create brown using the three colors of creating brown. So I'm very fascinated by that, that actually this stuff works. So using a systematic approach, you can have a finite, or you can have an infinite creativity using a finite uh, framework, um, which is very fascinating. I'm not, not that I figured it all out, but not to get too heady and philosophical, but uh, once we start thinking about that, um, our business becomes much more interesting to, to create a system around. Yeah, and I, I really like hearing that you've got the creative side with the process side and see both of them. So uh, shifting a little bit, we're obviously yeah. recording this right now on the, the tail end of 2020, still dealing with all this pandemic stuff. What does, what's since probably February till now being November, what's what's changed or what, what what's changed with your business or has anything really? Has this, how has this impacted your business or what have you had to do? Yeah, we're, we're a remote workforce. Um, uh, we, we've got staff in about uh, six states here in the U.S. Um, so uh, we're native to Zoom with video social. So phone blogger took a hit. Uh, it's, a, it's at a higher ticket. And as some of our clients had to cut back because they took a hit, 
So phone blogger ended up taking it, but video socials, uh, we probably started just under about 50 members, no, no, about 30, 40 members, I would say, in February. We're just shy of 130 here in, uh, in November. We'll probably end uh, with about uh, 150, if not more, uh, members in about a dozen states. So we've grown well. Um, and it's bittersweet to think about because we know people have had to run to Zoom and run to video and, and kind of embrace this, whether they want to or like to or not. But we're a comfortable and fun solution for people to get good at the world uh, of video blogging on social media and to see the results and, and to kind of tap into the community effect and tap into the automation effect of our, of our software. So we've done well. We've had very little adjustment to be made because by nature, I work from home. I enjoy working from home. Um, so from that aspect, it, it's been all right. Um, but of course, you know, I'm sensitive to the fact that a lot of people are suffering economically and health-wise, and so it's tough. Uh, so I don't want to be um, uh, too complacent or too giddy. I, I recognize the bittersweet of our growth, but we don't see it stopping. For us, we knew there's a groundswell of, uh, of video blogging on social media with all the algorithm changes. This created the tsunami, and you know, knock on wood, this time next year, we'll kind of be over it with vaccinations are already uh, implemented by, let's say, November of 2021. But you know, I think a lot of people will then find working from home, being remote, virtual, mobile, video on socials, now forced to be in this world, they're going to get used to it, and they're going to see the value and the benefit, and will choose it. Versus, And from that aspect, I think it'll be even better, because right now we don't have, especially here in New York City, we don't have a lot of options of being in person. I used to do a lot of in-person networking. You know, that's just not available to us and probably won't be until the summertime, um, you know, after vaccinations kick into full gear. Uh, and at that point, yeah, people will find it very refreshing to see people in person again, but then it will be equally refreshing that like, well, maybe I don't have to see everybody in person. I, I can have uh, maybe 80% of the way there uh, on Zoom or some type of video conversation and still kind of get the body language and the feeling and the tone and um, maybe it won't ever be as good as the real thing of being in person, but it also saves a heck of a lot of travel and all the nuisance and headaches of the other logistics. So from that aspect, I think the scalability, the efficiency, and the effectiveness will kind of outweigh. And I think video communications are, is obviously here to stay. I think there's been a, a, a groundbreaking change, a shift that um, you know, I don't think will ever go away. It was heading in that direction to begin with. This, of course, accelerated it and cemented it. Uh, and hopefully we're better off, you know, through and through. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen a lot of that going on and a number of companies I work with just saying, hey, why are we paying for the big downtown office anymore? We've basically proven this works for the last six months, kind of a thing there. So it's, it's definitely yeah. seeing a shift that way. But yeah, technology, to a large degree, many of the technology companies, especially smaller, were already virtual. So we've kind of been right. set up for this already. So I'm curious, because I have been hearing from a lot of companies now, the move to virtual, all of a sudden with them, you're used to having face-to-face -face meetings. You're used to being able to talk to the person in the break room or the next cube over. From a, a culture perspective, what do you guys do from a building a culture or building uh, that kind of engagement within your employees where it's not just on the other end of a, a a Zoom call or a video call kind of a thing there. Yeah, um, so we use a corporate instant messenger. Um, why am I forgetting the, the name of the one that everyone uses? Uh, the really big Silicon Valley darling uh, that has like a lot of communities. Uh, starts with an, uh, Slack? 
Slack, thank you. Yeah, okay. Uh, Slack. So we don't use Slack, obviously. So we use a competitor to Slack called uh, Glip, GLIP, that got bought out by Ring Central last year. Very similar. It just doesn't have that full ecosystem that Slack has of Slack channels and conferences having Slack channels and all that. So we, we lose out on that external ecosystem. But internally, I remember when we implemented it, it was really because like, so many of us would be CC'd on every email. And we just really a pain in the neck. And I was like, oh, I wonder if we should use something like Slack. And, and honestly, I couldn't figure out the Slack interface. Uh, and I'm pretty tech savvy. Uh, I went there and I had no idea what I was doing. I'm like, man, like, and I'm like, I'm a geek from, from high school days. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like, this is way more complicated than I think it should be. Like, I didn't know if I was doing something wrong. And then I found Glip. Uh, and there's some, you know, there are other competitors. In, it's a corporate instant messenger. It sounds like you know what it is. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Let's let's try it. It it was a, probably a fastest hit, so to speak, internally. Uh, and I'm like, all right, let's give it a month and let's see if the fad, you know, fades. Uh, but to this day, it is our number one water cooler chat. It's the way we say happy birthday to each other and kind of the what's up and the happy Thanksgiving and all that stuff happens on Glip, saving email for the more kind of lengthy communication, usually with clients. Uh, but you know, we can go back and forth and kind of avoid the the salutations and the and the nicety, so to speak, but still have a casual conversation and be fun, so to speak, and kind of use the emojis and the gifts and the things that are fun in the modern workplace. Uh, but um, and, and you know, of course, there's an app component to it and all that stuff. So it's and, and because we're remote, and while they are employees, I don't really care if they're working at 3 p.m. or 3 a.m. so long as they get the work done on deadline. Um, so from that aspect, it's been really tremendous for us to communicate uh, through Glip, and that's really been our our number one um, communication tool. You know, to say that that's what builds our culture, I think it's the people. I think it's who we are, um, and I think you know because we're video centric, because we're very uh, casual and tech savvy as a as a workforce internally, given what we do, the culture is that way. Um, and so we we enjoy being with each other to some extent, but we get the work done. Um, and so they get to know us, uh, you know, as, as founders, Mark and myself, where, you know, we are who we are. And especially if we're on video multiple times a week, um, multiple times a day, even, you know, you really get to know one another. Yeah. Well, I like it's a couple of different things they're saying of, of, yes, the the open kind of just fun communication. And like you said, it's not quite as, as formal kind of a thing. But also, like you said, for for you and Mark both being just kind of open and transparent there that, hey, this like you said, this is who we are. This is this is the house, et cetera, kind of a thing. It's, it's the personal side rather than the the old school corporate kind of, hey, this is set up here, the 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 top floor, nobody can get to or talk to anybody. It's it's building that kind of mentality of, hey, just open, honest, we, we can have a conversation here. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have access to my calendar. I mean, they have access through Calendly to book an appointment, but they can, everyone sees my, my Google calendar so they know, um, you know, I'm not slacking. Uh, so, you know, from that aspect, I, I may not do their role, but they don't do my role, but they can see that, that all right, I'm doing something all day. So, so from that aspect, we try to be as transparent as possible that it's like everyone everyone pulls their way into the roles. Yeah, cool. So taking a quick peek into the, the future, what, what do you see here in the next five years or something like that? Technology is uh, definitely hard to predict that far out, but still, what, what do you what do you see in the, the future coming for? Video social, et cetera. What's what? Do you have a next project on the on the line, or no, what's, no, what's no? We're, we're scaling video socials. I mean, the way we look at it, we pay tremendous homage and respect. Uh, looking at organizations like Toastmasters, which is a global organization uh, for for public speaking uh, practice, 
Uh, we, we see organizations like BNI, Business Network International, which is the, the world's largest networking organization. And then there are others that try to do it, uh, that are maybe do do it better or differently than BNI, but I see BNI as a global franchise. And I, I see other global organizations like Entrepreneurs Organization, EO. I see per, uh, professional and personal development organizations like Landmark. And we want to learn from all these global business communities where what we do at Video Socials is different from all of them. Uh, but we want to borrow concepts from them and learn from them as how they grow their communities um, and be the next big business global community. I mean, there are people in Germany and Japan right now that are lawyers and accountants, coaches and consultants who have to stay top of mind with their referral relationships and they got to post content and video content on their LinkedIn and maybe their version of other social media if it's uh, different and specific to their, their uh, communities. Um, and everyone's going through the challenge of being good on video and getting the feedback and having the time management and dealing with the tech stuff. And um, look, we can have a video socials club multiple in Germany and multiple in Japan, multiple in Australia and have video blogging club 24 um, seven and really be a, a wonderful business community where everyone's really helping each other, but with this purpose of video blogging on social media um, and which benefits in a variety of other ways once you kind of speak in sound bites, you can benefit. So for us, that's really where we're going. We're looking at 2021 to be a great year of scale um, as we help every one of our clients and members gain value through video socials, get more business essentially, but also have fun doing it. They become raving fans and, and they start raving about video socials to their colleagues and their friends and their other professional associations. And people join really because of our members and so if every one member can bring in one more member, uh, well, 130 can turn into 260 really easily, and then from there to 500, et cetera. And so we're just focused on that, really adding value to our members to help them become raving fans uh, when they get value uh, from video socials. And so for us to have thousands of members in a couple of years is just kind of on track to where we're going. Um, and, and we're in, looking forward to developing formal alliances with these types of global business organizations where we can support their members and they can support our members. And, you know, we can kind of play ball together because we do something that's different and unique from them and we can support their mission as well. Yep. Very cool. And yeah, that can't beat anything from a, a marketing perspective than a raving fan there. So that's always great there. I think so. Yeah. That's our, our that's our focus is turn every one of our members into raving fans because they get value. Well, sounds great. So I'd, Hate to cut you short. I've enjoyed the conversation and everything, but I can't go on too, too long here. Um, one last question is simply just where can we, obviously, if somebody's more interested in video socials, where can we go learn more and join on? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, the easiest is for them to go to the website. So they go to video socials, that's plural, videosocials.net. Um, and it's relatively easy. In the top right corner, it says be our free guest, and they can be one of your guests and kind of come on a video socials roundtable. The members are going to go first, so there's no pressure. We don't put any pressure on guests to present a substantive topic. The nugget of knowledge, the way members come prepared with two or three bullet points. Um, for, as a guest, they can just simply introduce themselves the way they would at a networking group. But it gets recorded so that they could potentially even use it as a video blog on social media, on their website, etc. Uh, if they want to chat with me, it's relatively easy on the lower right-hand corner of video socials. That is a chat box. It's not a bot. It's not a robot. It, it's a it's a chat box. It's a messenger that's on my phone as of November of 2020. Um, and when it gets really annoying, when when this podcast comes out, Jeff, I know I'm going to have so many people responding that I might get someone else on staff to handle all the response. Uh, but until that point, they can literally chat and it comes directly to my cell phone. And I love chatting with people on the website. 
uh, the, you know, like what that's like someone coming into my store, right? What else yeah. do I have to do with my time than talk to a potential member or even current members and help them out? So that's a lot of fun for me. At all hours of the night, I say, look, it doesn't matter what time it is, at 3 a.m., I'll wake up and I'll chat with a potential member, uh, you know, at least by chat, if not by voice, if I disturb my wife. Um, but yeah, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Yeah, very cool. So yeah, definitely have to check it out there. So appreciate the time, appreciate the, the conversation and just the, the learning experience. It's always, always nice to hear from other entrepreneurs. So I appreciate it there. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building to Scale podcast. If you would like to share your entrepreneurial business growth story, please visit buildingtoscale.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you do both us and our guest a favor and share it on your social media accounts? Don't forget to hit subscribe in your player so that you don't miss any future episodes. And make sure to reach out to Jeff Chastain on the social networks. To learn more about what we are doing and how it might benefit your business, check us out at admentis.com. Thanks again for listening.